Hey, this is Dean Winchester. Thanks for checking out Supernatural Speakeasy Podcast. Don't forget to get a like, subscribe, do all that other crazy crap. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to this week's episode of Supernatural Speakeasy. I'm Natasha. This is Michelle. Hey, hey. We are starting a new season. We're going to season two. Today, we're going to... Season one, what? No. <laughs> <Episode one. laughs> uh, in my time of dying. So let's get started. This is your spoiler alert. We're going to talk all about all the supernatural things. So here we go. The first episode of season two. This episode was directed by Kim Manners and written by Eric Kripke. Let's talk about On the Road So Far. It was so dramatic. In the last episode, the finale of season one, the Winchesters rescue their father from some demons and try to figure out their next move to kill old Yellow Eyes. Things get complicated when Sam and Dean realize their father has been possessed by the demon, Rutro, and after nearly killing Dean, John regains control just long enough for Sam to get the colt and shoot Yellow Eyes in the leg. John screams to finish the job and kill him, but Sam hesitates and the demon leaves his father's body in a cloud of black smoke. And while Sam drives his father and brother to the nearest hospital, the Impala is slammed by a semi-truck. And the Winchesters are lying still and bloody inside the wrecked car as the episode ends fading to black. Excellent cliffhanger, if I do say so myself. So, now we're in the opening of episode one of season two. And, we, uh, sorry, on Netflix, they play, they end up playing the right song that was supposed to be in that was in the season one finale. They played the last little bit of it. Like the um, Batman Rising by uh, Clear, Creedence Clearwater Revival. They ended up playing that one in this episode, but not in the season one finale, which is weird. But anyway, sorry. That is weird. <laughs> <laughs> maybe they didn't get the licensing until then. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. What <laughs> else? <laughs> So, in this first episode of the new season, we pick up right where we left off. The demon-possessed truck driver steps out of the truck and rips the front driver's side door of the Impala clean off. Which makes me wonder, how many Impalas have been used over the course of the entire Supernatural series? Because we see this car get banged up and ripped to pieces so many times it's not even funny. So at some point, I think we should find out how many cars they end up using. Because <laughs> wow. I mean, how long did this show run? 15 seasons? Yeah. That's a long time. Anyways. <laughs> it just made me wonder that because it just hurt my heart when he ripped that door off. I was like, oh, no. It's baby. Nobody does that to baby. Before the demon can finish off the Winchesters, 
Sam comes to and aims the colt at the demon who knows they're saving that last bullet. It's pretty smug right now. The demon tells Sam he won't shoot, and Sam says, you want a bet? So the demon leaves in a cloud of smoke. Now, okay, question. What if the demon called Sam's bluff? Do you think Sam would have used the last bullet? Um, I think you would have. I really think you would have. I, I don't know. I think you would have. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to say yeah. <laughs> I'm going to say yes also, but then it kind of makes me wonder how they would. Well, I guess he could still hop in the semi-truck and use the radio to call for help. Yeah. I, I would like to think Sam would have killed that demon too, used the last bullet. To save everybody. Um, Okay, so moving on. The truck driver is horrified at the scene before him because he was possessed, so he didn't really know what was going on. And he's the one that probably called for help because then we see the Winchesters being airlifted to a hospital. Dean wakes up inside the hospital and walks around looking for Sam and his father. And when he asks someone for help, he's completely ignored. Like, at first, like, he's probably rude. And then something clicks and he runs back to his room and sees himself in a hospital bed hooked up to a breathing tube. Dun, dun, dun. It's not funny, but every time I see this episode and he jumps down from the bed, I'm like, that's me. Like, yes. <laughs> Dean finds out the extent of his injuries when Sam comes into the room and speaks with the doctor. Basically, he might not wake up. Oh. Sam visits his father, who's awake, and gives him an update on Dean's condition. John tells Sam they'll search for a way to save Dean, but he doesn't sound very hopeful. He gives Sam a list of things he needs Bobby to pick up for protection, he says. And before Sam leaves, he asks his father if he knew what yellow eyes meant when he told Sam that he had plans for him and for the others like him. And, you know, dad says no, but Dean's been watching and listening to this conversation and knows his dad is lying. Okay, another question. Do you think he knows, do you think John knows what yellow eyes meant because of research he did or because he was temporarily possessed by the yellow eye demon? Um, I, I think it, it might be a mixture of both because I feel like whenever, um, in the episode at home when he went to go see Missouri, I'm sure they probably talked about that a little bit him having visions and stuff, and then he probably had an idea. And then when Yellow Eyes took over or possessed him, how do you say it? Um, <laughs> he probably had his thoughts for that time. So he probably knew what the plans were, at least some of the plans anyway. So I don't know. So I think it's a mixture of both. Yeah, I think so, too, because at first I thought it was because 
He was possessed by yellow eyes. And then when I go back and think throughout the season, the dad was gone, was absent for almost the entire season because of all the research he was doing on this guy. Um, so, yeah, but I mean, not for sure, but you're I think you're probably right. It's probably a mixture of both. Dean sees a ghostly figure in the hospital hallway and follows it. When he follows it into a room, he sees a woman on the ground having trouble breathing and trying to call out for help. And let me just say, that actress, I thought she did a really good job. Like, it was making me a little anxious. She's <laughs> there having trouble breathing, and she's trying to call out for help, but she can't. Oh, man. Oh, man. Every time I see that part, I'm like, I start like having trouble breathing. So like, oh, my God. <laughs> I'm like, oh, gosh. <laughs> Unfortunately, she dies. And when Sam comes back from Bobby's, Dean tries to tell Sam that there's something inside the hospital that they need to hunt. Sam and John get into a fight over the list of items Sam brought from Bobby. Turns out, when Sam showed Bobby the list, he kind of recognized that those were ingredients for something very specific. So Bobby told Sam that those things weren't for protection, but for summoning a demon. So Sam just really lets his dad have it. He cannot believe his father is focused on revenge instead of finding a way to save his son. And, you know, then... Then John plays the blame game, saying Sam should have killed him in the first place, so none of this would have happened, and Dean would be awake. Um, and, you know, Dean gets all upset, and he's trying to tell him to stop, and he ends up, Dean ends up uh, knocking over a glass of water. And this is one of my favorite lines from this episode, <laughs> where he says, Dean says, dude, I full-on swayze that mother. <laughs> yeah. So we great. Got look at each other. <laughs> My thing is, <laughs> I was like, cracking up filming this episode because they had to pretend like he wasn't there. <laughs> so... <laughs> <laughs> that would be so hard. I wonder how many takes they had to do. <laughs> Right after the whole glass full of water spills on the ground, Sam and his dad just kind of look at each other, stunned. And then hospital personnel rush to Dean's room where the doctor is trying to restart Dean's heart. Dean rushes over there. He sees the spirit hovering over his body and he tries to get the spirit away, but he's thrown back against the wall as the spirit leaves the room. Sam is also watching, and he's relieved when the doctors finally get a pulse again. Dean chases after the spirit, but finds a woman shouting for someone to look and talk to her. Turns out she's in the same boat as Dean. Dean calms her down and helps her find her body, trying to kind of explain to her that they're just kind of in you know, limbo, I guess, as it were right now, 
While they're talking more, hospital personnel rush to another room where a child is coding. Dean leaves Tessa to see what's going on and sees the spirit hovering above the little girl. And the spirit touches her face and the girl dies. Later on, Sam goes to Dean's room to try to speak to him using a Ouija board. <laughs> um, and Dean says another funny little line here. Something about, man, I feel like I'm at a, a sleep, a girl's sleepover party or something like that. Yeah, I feel like I'm at a summer party. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Dean. So, to both Sam and Dean's surprise, Dean is able to move the planchette to tell Sam that he's hunting a reaper that's coming after him. Sam goes to his dad's room to see how they can stop the Reaper, but Rutro, Daddy-O, is gone. His bed is empty. Um, Natasha, have you ever used a Ouija board before? No. Have you? I haven't. I haven't either. I was told not to do it. <laughs> I'm like, I, I'm just gonna not mess with it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm just curious. I don't actually know anybody that's used one, but I was just wondering. <laughs> I haven't personally used one. So. Once again, Daddy Winchester doesn't share any of his plans with his sons. So he has once again left Sam in the dark. And I don't know about Sam, but I would be super duper frustrated right now beyond frustrated like dean is in the hospital and he's on a machine that's breathing for him he's already coded once we don't know if he's gonna wake up and now there's a reaper after him and dad's nowhere to be found awesome thanks dad <laughs> Sam grabs his dad's journal and goes back to Dean's room to read up on Reapers. And Dean is also around and kind of looks over at the journal and something in the journal sends Dean looking for Tessa. Apparently, Reapers can alter human perception. So when... Dean helped Tessa find her body in the hospital, um, yeah... None of that was real. It was just an empty room. And the creepy, freaky, little ghosty spirit wandering around the hospital, also Tessa. And she just made her appearance look like a pretty human girl. So that way Dean wouldn't freak out so much. I got to say, the first time I watched this episode, I remember not, I just didn't know this little twist was coming at all. I thought um, Tessa was one of the victims and that Dean was, Dean and Sam were going to figure out how to um, deter the Reaper and then save, you know, Tessa and Dean getting back into their bodies and then they get well and whatever, but. Nope, didn't turn out that way. It was all a trick. Those trick, tricky reapers. He was like, you're much prettier than the last super I saw. I was like, yeah. 
Oh my gosh, yes. The Tessa's not the first Reaper we've seen. We saw the first time we saw Reaper was in season one in the episode Faith, yes. where Sam takes Dean to a faith healer. And turns out Faith Healer's wife, crazy, crazy wife, was controlling Reapers and <laughs> just killing innocent people to heal these other ones in return. It was just, oh, that lady was messed up. Yeah. And that Reaper, he looked freaky creepy. Meanwhile... John conjures up yellow eyes. He took those ingredients that Sam got from Bobby and used them to summon the yellow-eyed demon. And he tells him he wants to make a deal. Okay, can I just say that I love Jeffrey Dean Morgan and Frederick Lane together in this scene. I wish we could have seen more interactions between these two characters because I think they are so great. Like every minute. Well, off each other's thumb. <laughs> yes. So great. I couldn't get enough of this, of them together. Sam talks to Dean's body, telling him he couldn't find anything in the journal that would help but that he would keep looking. Oh, and this scene, oh my gosh. <laughs> Sam tells him another line that I really liked that just really, oh man. Yeah, it just, it just got a hold of me. He says, Dean, you got to hold on. You can't go, man. Not now. We were just starting to be brothers again. Oh, Hashtag, I'm not crying. You're crying. Oh, my God. <sighs> They've been through so much together. Yes. And now, you know, because in the last episode, the season finale of season one, you know, they have a conversation about how Sam is ready to go back to live his normal life when they kill yellow eyes. And Dean was telling him that he didn't want that. Like, I hope we never find him, you know, because he didn't want to lose his family. And now I guess Sammy's really starting to feel that now that Dean's on his deathbed essentially, and he might lose him forever. And huh, all the feels this scene made me feel all the feels <laughs> back to tessa and dean tessa tries to explain to dean that there's nothing to fear and that his time has come and dean refuses to go he's like you know what i don't care what you do i'm not going and tessa tells him that's his choice but he won't get back into his body and that's just facts she says He'll be around disembodied for decades and eventually turn into an angry spirit. The very thing that he hunts. But okay, though. Here's, here's a thought that occurred to me. If Dean had 
turned her down and refused to go with Tessa into the light or whatever, wouldn't, okay, so let's say he refuses and his body dies, right? Wouldn't Sam and his dad give him a hunter's funeral and just burn his, burn and salt his body? Because if they did that, then Dean wouldn't be around to be haunting anybody or become a malevolent spirit, I would think, right? Yeah. <laughs> Tessa didn't really think that one through, did she? <laughs> Anyways. Before Dean can give an answer, Yellow Eyes possesses Tessa and sends Dean back into his body. So we've seen that demons can possess other people. And now, in this scene, we see that Yellow Eyes is able to possess a Reaper. Now, I don't know if it's because he's, like, a pretty powerful demon or if demons in this world in general can possess whoever, whomever they want. I'm not sure. But I thought this was a really interesting um, little twist that happened. The doctor gives Dean a miraculous clean bill of health. It's kind of like the accident never happened. And when Dean's talking to Sam, he remembers nothing from his time with Tessa. John comes in to check in on Dean and Sam starts grilling his father. And I don't blame him. He asks him, where were you last night? Did you go after the demon? And... John just kind of says he doesn't want to fight anymore and sends Sam to get him some coffee. And then while Sam's gone, John tells Dean that he's proud of him and he, you know, is very, he's having a very touching moment, a very touching conversation with Dean and tells him, you know, to just kind of watch out for Sam and, Dean just kind of replies, well, yeah, I mean, always. And then we see John lean over and whisper something into Dean's ear that makes Dean look a little concerned. <laughs> and John leaves and goes into the next room where he hands over the colt. Because we learned that his deal for Yellow Eyes, no, his deal he made with Yellow Eyes was Dean's life for the colt. And... We find out John's life as well. So when Sam comes back with that cup of coffee, he sees his father on the ground and cries for help. The doctor and nurses are working on John, but they are unsuccessful. As the doctor calls the time of death, 1041 a.m., we fade to black, and that's the end of episode one of season two! Oh, my goodness. Okay, another question. On air, as it happened, I was like, oh, real tears. Oh, my God. <laughs> Whew, cause, huh. Sorry. Um, yeah, uh, very emotional. Um, <laughs> I'll never forget that, <laughs> especially when they called the time. I was like, oof. Like even now, I just got chills. Oh man! Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, it's a really good episode. So 
Yeah. <clears throat> means a lot more to me now because um, um last year I lost my dad and um he was on the ground and um yeah so uh, I just brought back a lot of memories so uh, yeah <clears throat> oh man that's tough so watching the end of it yeah that's how like it's really emotional but um yeah <laughs> so <laughs> Anyway, sorry. Man. Down, but <laughs> no, no, that's what's so great about the show is because, you know, I was just kind of thinking the same thing about it just reminded me, you know, everyone at some point has had that feeling of helplessness. We see that Sam has when he's in the hospital and he's talking to Dean lying in the bed and he you know, was trying to find a way to help Dean, but he hit a dead end and there was nothing he could do. And just that total feeling of helplessness. And um, that's, that's just, you know, it's tough and so relatable because we've all been through something like that. And it's what makes the show so great. Um, and the acting, you know, the actors do such a great job um, making us believe that those relationships are so dear to them and they take us with them on that journey and, and make us so invested in their lives, in their adventures. Um, yeah. Uh, so my question, do you think... Tessa reaped John's soul, or do you think it was yellow eyes? Um, I'm gonna say probably yellow eyes because he was the one that made the deal with them, so I'm saying it was him. <laughs> yeah, I think yellow eyes reaped John's soul because, um, when they made the deal in the first place, um, John asked the yellow-eyed demon, so can you make sure my son's okay or not? Can you do it or not? And he says no at first, and then he says, but I know someone who can. No problem at all. And that's when he possesses Tessa. So I think he stayed... Um, with Tessa and just stayed in her body even when, cause we don't see the yellow eyed demon when John goes into that room and puts the Colt on the table. So I think it's Tessa's body, but the, but yellow eyes is inside and that's how he's able to reap John's soul. Because I think if it was just Tessa, um, number one, she wouldn't have reaped him because that would have messed up the natural order of things because John was fine physically. And um, so that it must have been yellow eyes. But I think he was in Tessa's body for sure. So anyways, that was my theory. Um, okay, so I rate this episode five out of five Impalas. What do you think? I get a five out of five. 
very good opener for a new season and sad um, as well. But, but um, I think oh, I should have looked it up before I yeah, start the episode. But um, <clears throat> I think I read or saw a video somewhere that um, Frederick Lane, who played Yellow Eyes, like the contacts they wore. He wore, he like, he couldn't see, like, anything out of that. <laughs> he had to, like, kind of hear for his John's voice and kind of look in that direction. <laughs> so he could, he could barely see when he wore the contacts. So I think, wow, that was crazy. <laughs> yeah, those were some freaky-deaky, uh, I guess, sclera lenses, because they're covered, like, his whole eyeball, right? Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah, that was some fancy... Fancy, fancy uh, eyewear, costume wear right there. I did find some trivia on IMDb about this episode. Um, Dr. Kripke, doctor who attends one of the Winchesters, is on an emergency, on an emergency at the hospital is a reference to executive producer and sometimes writer Eric Kripke. I actually didn't catch that that was the doctor's name. Yes, I did. But I did catch the doctor's, Dr. Kripke, being paged for a code blue. Um, But if you have the subtitles turned on, it says Dr. Christie. (laughs) Instead of Dr. Kripke. (laughs) They have code blue for the little girl. It said Dr. Bender. I was like, no, not Bender. I'm like, no, you are a doctor or her, whoever it was. I'm like, nope, I'm good. Um, this is also the first appearance of Tessa because we will be seeing her at some point later on. Dean's Swayze comment is a reference to the 1990 movie Ghost, in which Patrick Swayze's ghost character only manages to move something when he gets angry. And another one that I thought was really interesting, the Greek meaning of the name Tessa is Reaper. (laughs) The title of this episode, In My Time of Dying, is a Led Zeppelin song. And 10.41 a.m., the time of John Winchester's death, is a reference to Isaiah 41.10. So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous hand. My righteous right hand, excuse me. So, yeah. That's the trivia that I thought was pretty interesting for this episode. I will let Dean and Cass tell everyone where they can hit us up on our socials. Let us know what you thought of the first episode of season two. Anything that surprised you? What was your favorite part? And until next time, carry on, everyone. Thanks, everybody, for watching. This is Dean Winchester. Uh, Don't forget to check out uh, Supernatural Speakeasy on Facebook, also Instagram at uh, SPN, and then one of those little little under-dash things, and then Speakeasy. 
Uh, here's my buddy Cass to read out the Twitter. Uh, Dean, I, I don't really know what I'm doing here, but uh, follow these people on, what is it, uh, Twitter? What's a Twitter? Twitter at SPN Speak Easy.